Good morning, online audience. Hey, it's Pastor Wayne from Summit Church of Douglas County out here at 4240 North Perry Park Road. We're glad you're joining us here today. Uh, you can support us online through the various means that you see on your screen. Hey, would you share this link with a friend? Pastor Wayne H. Everywhere, Facebook.com, YouTube, Periscope, Twitter, Twitch, LinkedIn, uh, what's the last one? Instagram. And let them know that church is about to get started in five minutes. We're excited to be worshiping in person and online. So make sure and invite a friend or hop in the car and get on down here. But we're going to start the five minute counter. So get a Bible, get a pen, grab a friend and a cup of coffee and join us for worship in five minutes. Five minutes, everybody.
everybody. Summit Church here in person and online. Are you glad to be here today? I'm glad you showed up. It'd be really lonely if it was just me and my guitar. I could do that at home. Why don't you stand with me? And we're gonna we're gonna sing this song called Happy Day. Aren't you glad that God came down with his son Jesus and forgave us of all of our sins, past, present, future? Amen. Isn't he a wonderful God, wonderful Savior? Yeah, so we're gonna sing about that today. Ready?
a singing church. You sound awesome. <laughs> Let's open with prayer. Father, we welcome you to come into this place and join us as we lift your name. You said that you inhabit the praises of your people. God, we come to praise you. We come to thank you. We thank you for your spirit that's been given to us that can make our, our hearts glad even when we're sad or angry or confused. God, I thank you for the supernatural peace that surpasses all human understanding, that guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus and gives us a hope. Hope for not only today, but for every day of this week and year after year to follow, Lord. You have a plan for our lives. And we're going to run after you with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with our soul and strength. In Jesus' name. Well, I titled my message today, Passing the Baton, because we're studying Acts chapter 16 to 20, and we see the apostles in the church passing the baton to the early Christians. And, you know, we're called to keep on passing the baton. How I many of the life is a race, right? We're running the race with Jesus, right? And you get tuckered out on the race sometimes. Well, thank God it's a marathon. It's not a sprint, right? So you can pace yourself. And it's also a relay race because we're passing the baton onto our children. We pass the baton onto coming generations. When we plant churches, we pass the baton to other cultures and to other people that they would run the race, that they would take up the gospel message and they would run with it. Amen? So that's what we're doing. We are running. We're chasing after all that he has for us. So this might be a new song to some of you. Some of you have heard it before. I think you're going to like it. Ready?
Summit Church. Glad to see you all here. Wow, you guys online are missing a lot, okay? This is really cool being in person where you can actually touch each other. Anyway, uh, the verse I'm going to read this morning is from John 13, verse 14, and it says, And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to watch, wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. You know, and when I read this 
verse, I, uh, it hit me really hard. Can you imagine the king of kings washing your feet? <laughs> okay, how humbling is that? You know, and I personally, what I get out of this is that God wants us to be humble always, no matter what position or status we're in or have, and serve each other, period. We're here to serve each other. So there it is. That's my thought. <laughs> this is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Tim. That's great encouragement. Yeah, it's hard for us Americans, right? Because we're always like, serve me. Give me the best experience. It's all about me, right? And Jesus is like, no, it's not about you. <laughs> it's about our Father in heaven. It's about the kingdom of God, right? That we die to ourselves. We live to Christ. We live to serve, right? Well, let's sing this one called Build My Life. And I hope that we'll do it as we, as we sing. I'm going to... I'm going to end worship a little early because I have a very special word that's going to lead into a prayer time at the end. So if it feels like the pace is a little different, it is today. We're going to be doing a special thing on the Holy Spirit at the end today.
How deep do you want to go? How close do you want to get? I'm drawing here. I'm drawing here. I'm drawing you here and near. So come near to me, says the Lord. The water is deep. Come where the water is deeper. feeling a very special kind of anointing today. Not a normal day. You guys know I don't, <laughs> I don't give messages in tongues and interpretation maybe ever. But I had it today. And the Lord gave me a warning at about 8 o'clock this morning. like, I'm going to give you a message in tongues and interpretation. I'm like, okay, Lord, whoa. Haven't ever done that in the church here before. But God's saying, come deeper. Will you come? We come deeper. How deep do you want to go? Are you content to stand on the shore? Or do you want to come in? Do you want to come into the deep place? And I also got a word, and I believe this is true, and you can just snack, snatch hold of it and believe it, that God was going to heal someone today. We have, I have anointing oil. If it's, if it's someone in the room, that's great. If it's someone who's watching or listening online, just snatch it and say, that's me. I need a healing or whatever, whoever, whoever it's for. Is there someone here in the room that needs a healing? And like you would know for sure if God was going to do it? Why don't you come over here and we're going to anoint you with oil. And this is not our normal activity, everybody. Just know this is this is Pentecost Sunday. Is that okay? We let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do? Yeah. And by the way, this is something you can't do with online church. You can't lay out of hands and you can't anoint with oil. So that's another reason why you should come to church in person. All right? Father, we anoint our sister Connie with oil. We thank you for the healing virtue of Jesus, not because we are anything, but because you are everything. Pray for this long issue that she has. Just take it away, Lord. Help her to be able to breathe deep. Church, will you just pray for her? Just stretch your hand toward her right now and just begin to claim healing on her behalf. I want you to pray for her like you would pray for yourself if you had a problem with one of your lungs. And just with the kind of passion that you would want others to pray for you. Just begin to breathe deep. Open your hands, Connie. Just begin to breathe deep. As deep as you possibly can. Just begin to take in as much air as you can. Father, I pray this thing, this issue would be broken out of my sister's body right now in the name of Jesus. The healing virtue of Jesus be poured out over her body, from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet. By the blood of Jesus, we rebuke this sickness. And we speak healing. We speak life. Just breathe as deep as you can. Just breathe in. Breathe in. Breathe in. And exhale as far as you can. And then push it out as far as you can until you feel like you can't push any more out and then push a little more. Just breathe. God's giving you healing right now, Connie, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, this has been declared from the foundation of the earth, the healing for you, my sister, as a testimony to your husband, as a testimony to people who are who are non-believers, people who would not have faith to believe for it. In Jesus' name, heal this lung issue right now, I pray. In the name of Jesus, just breathe as deep as you can. Just breathe. 
breathing. I believe as the service goes, you're going to be able to breathe deeper and deeper and deeper. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We just say, I receive your healing, Lord. I receive In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. It's done. It's done. In the name of Jesus. It's done. It's done. Yeah, give God praise for it. Right? Meredith, will you hop on, hop on the phone and let's just see if there's any responses over our, uh, our streams or feeds. If someone needs a healing online, let's just pray for specific needs. If you're on Facebook, if you're on YouTube, if you're on Twitch, if you're on Periscope, Twitter, any of those feeds, do you know those various feeds? <laughs> Meredith, you can look me up. It's Pastor Wayne Age on all those. If there's someone that says they need a specific healing before we move into the teaching time, I want to pray for anything specific for the online, online church. Okay, if something comes in, interrupt me in the teaching, and we're going to pray specifically for those things. Hey, isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? God is healing you, Connie, in the name of Jesus. You are healed. It's declared. It was done at the cross. It's been appropriated for you. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, it's Pentecost Sunday. We're celebrating the presence of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that good? Yes. yes. It's 50 days since Easter, so that's nice. Hey, would you stand up? High five someone. Give them an elbow. Just give a greeting to someone here on, and, and let them know that you're glad that they came. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, Church Online, glad you're joining me here today. If you want to support the ministry, you can do on something online. You can text to give to 303-625-9434 or mysummitchurch.com. Click the donate button. Or you can mail your gift to Summit Church at 200 South Wilcox Street, Box 243, Castle Rock, Colorado, 80104. We'd love to hear from you online. We'd love to have your partnership as the ministry moves forward. Uh, post-pandemic. So turn in your Bibles with me to the book of Acts chapter 16. We're going to get into our Bible study here today. We just feel the Holy Spirit moving and we are very, very excited about that. So blessings to you. We'll get started in just a minute. Take a minute, refill your coffee, get a Bible and a pen, get a way to take notes and we're going to get into it. Jesus, Jesus is here. Tim and I are planning We may take the dog, but I'll be someone just to stay and Awesome. All right, church, you could do that for hours, I'm sure, right? We'll have a chance to hang out after church, but grab your Bible, grab your phone, or however you take notes, grab your notepad or your notepad on your iPhone. Turn with me, turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 16, and I have an illustration. All right. Start talking. All right. So I have an illustration. Hello. Hello, everybody. Sermon's about to get started. All right. Come on over. Open your Bible to read it to Acts chapter 16. I've, I've done a whole series of messages in the book of Acts called Stories That Matter. 
story. Don't you love a fellowshipping church? A church that likes to be together rather than a church that wants to just stay at home and watch on TV? I much prefer this, right? I much prefer this. I think that's really, really good. And I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. And um, I have a little old Viking game that we play in, our, in the Hanson house. Many of you know we're Scandinavians. Uh, it's, an old, it's an old Viking game called Kube, which is the Swedish word for cube, obviously. Um, and it's kind of like, it's kind of like eight ball. You have to knock down the castle, but you can't knock down the castle until you've knocked down all the other cubes. Do you have a request? Yes. Uh, request for prayer for Mother Benita. She needs healing in her heart and comfort with all she's going through. Mother Benita? Yes. All right, Father, in Jesus' name, we looked up this person's mother named Benita, and we pray supernatural healing in the name of Jesus, immediate Lord, you don't have to take years to do it. You can do it in a moment's time. Father, I pray for a healing virtue of Jesus, that Holy Spirit power to just, <laughs> just translate right through Facebook and Twitter and whatever other streams people are watching in that same healing that you appropriated for Connie right here in the room you're gonna do for Benita right now online. Anyone else that needs a supernatural touch, I believe that you're gonna give it to them in Jesus' name. Amen. While we're praying, by the way, can a few of you want to come up? My hard book copy, my author's pre-release of Tilly Breaks Through came out this week. So it's not, it's not available in the market, but I'm praying that millions of these get sold. Amen? That it's Tilly Breaks Through, a lesson on never giving up. How many know our culture needs a lesson on never giving up? Right? Come on, lay your hands on this. Let's pray for this too real, real fast. Father, I pray for this crazy little story called Telly the Tilapia, and for these simple stories that we tell our children, Lord, I pray that this book would go around the world in many languages to many cultures, that children and adults and older folks, everyone would, would remember that you told us to endure, to never give up, to always keep on fighting the good fight of faith. I pray you bless this book, and any changes that we need to make to it, Lord, before it goes to final publishing. I pray that it would be honored and God honoring and to be anointed by you to bless millions of people in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Awesome. Awesome. All right. Very good. I'm excited for that. I worked a long time on those little illustrations, about an hour a day on each illustration. So as I was saying, we're, we're a Scandinavian family. We play Kube. But I'm, these, these throwing sticks for Kube look a lot like running batons. Okay, so I'm going to use this as an illustration today. I'm going to pass a baton to each of you, just as the apostles were passing the baton to different people in the Mediterranean region. We are to receive the baton and keep running the race. That's why we sang that song. We are running. We're, we're going after all that God has for us. So the apostle Paul, Peter, Philip, Barnabas, all, Silas, all the early church fathers, James, they were all taking that baton that Jesus passed to them, and they were turning around and passing it on to others. And that's what we're doing at Summit Church, right? We are taking the baton that Christ gave us. We're passing it to others, that they would hear the gospel, that they would receive, that this woman who's praying for their mom, Benita, that Connie, and like just everyone that's being prayed for, that's believing for a touch from God. You say, we receive, Lord, whatever you want to do. We want to, we want to take in what you have for us and run the race to win, right? How I many know that we, we Christians, we're not losers? We're winners. Even when we lose, we win, 
right? When we die, to die is gain, right? To live is Christ, to die is gain. We can't lose. All you have to do is just keep running. If you fall down, don't, don't stay there. Dust yourself off. <laughs> keep running. The only person who fails is the one who quits, right? Come on, somebody. So let's be the kind of people that just keep running the race to win. Amen. Amen. So that's what we're learning here in Acts chapter 16. I've been doing an overview of the New Testament since January. We're going to get into the study here today. And this first baton is the baton of the gospel that was going um, from Jerusalem to Macedonia. And it was the first really important Gentile city that was one to Christ was this city of Philippi. We learned about Cornelius, who was a Roman officer, right? But the Romans in general were not all becoming Christians. It was kind of a tiny sect in Israel. But the gospel really took hold in a place called Antioch, in Antioch of Pisidia, in what's modern-day Turkey, in what was then the, the empire of Greece. And they went to this city called Philippi. They got, Paul and Silas got themselves in a little bit of trouble. They got sent to jail <laughs> for preaching the gospel, right? They get put in shackles. And these are, not, these are not normal shackles like, oh, you have handcuffs on. No, no, much worse. You have to sit in a position like you're doing one long crunch, right? And your hands and feet are shackled at the, in the same point at the same time. At midnight, of course, how many of you could not sleep that way, right? You would always be awake. So you're like, what can we do? They start singing. <laughs> they start singing in the jail. Like, who would make this better is some singing. Let's just trust God. Pray that supernatural strength be given to us. Oh, God. I'm not sure what they would say. They were, like, they were probably singing some old Jewish, uh, you know, choruses or whatever Jesus and the disciples used to sing. They rush on the city of Jehovah Jireh. My provider is great. This is sufficient for me. So it was something Jewish and Christian. And that's what we know for sure. And it was something like that. And so they're singing at midnight, and all the other prisoners are listening to them sing in the jail. And suddenly, an earthquake comes and shakes the whole jail, and their shackles come off. And the Philippian jailer, who was terrified, because if you, if you lost any prisoners back at that time, you would be executed because you let your prisoners escape. He comes in, and he immediately puts a knife to his throat. He's about to kill himself. And, and Paul says, don't, 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 don't kill yourself. We're all here. Everyone is accounted for. Don't kill yourself. We're all here. And he says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And he says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You and your household, you'll all, you'll all be saved. So he preaches the gospel to the Philippian jailer, who later becomes the bishop of Philippi. He becomes the pastor of that church. And he and his whole household are baptized. They all become Christians. And then, of course, God miraculously gets Paul and Silas out of that situation, like he has so many times in other parts of the book of Acts. And they just keep going from town to town, preaching the gospel, getting in trouble, preaching the gospel, sometimes getting whipped, sometimes being stoned with rocks, in all, all kinds of different circumstances. And the Philippian jailer is a, is, a, is a powerful example. There was another woman in Philippi who was very... Uh, very important to the early church. Her name was Lydia. She was basically what we would consider a fashion designer of our day. It'd be like if uh, 
Versace, you know, what's her name? Uh, we've seen her in Aspen before, or Vail before. Donatella Versace. Just imagine Donatella Versace became a Christian, right? They're going down, she's probably a Jewish lady. She's, she's dyeing her cloth, her purple cloth, down by the river, and it's Sabbath, so she's probably washing up, right? And she's finishing up whatever dyeing she's doing with the clothing. And these two good Jewish boys come down to, because on Sabbath, every Jew would go near running water to ritually wash at, on the Sabbath day. And that's probably when Paul and Silas were saying, oh, hey, nice lady, hey, hey do you, have you heard what's happened in Jerusalem? She goes, oh, I'm in here in Philippi, how would I know what's going on in Jerusalem? And told her all about Jesus and about the gospel. She immediately receives the, the gospel with joy and gladness, like, that's amazing. Wow, really? I want, I want my sins forgiven. I, I believe in the, this rabbi, Messiah, who has come. And she, she begins to host the church of Philippi in her own home. They have the first house church in a Gentile house. And so several people have gotten saved in Philippi. The Philippian jailer, his family, Lydia, probably her staff of clothing makers and, and dye you know, people. And the, all the, the, the folks who are working with her in her business probably become Christians. And they have a pretty sizable church. In fact, you can go to Philippi today, to the ruins of Philippi, and see the ruins of this church that goes back to the second or third century. This is, this is the foundation of one of the early Gentile churches. Isn't it amazing? It came because Paul and Silas were filled with the Holy Spirit. They said, okay, Lord, where are you, where are you guiding us? Where do you want us to go now? It came because of a dream that Paul had. And Max, I'm gonna challenge you here on, if you can type in the Bible here, Acts chapter 16, verses eight through 10. This is the Macedonian call. This is the Macedonian call. Now, I want you to think about this for a second. I, I got kind of a, a nudge from the Holy Spirit when I woke up today that the Lord was saying, you're gonna give a message of, of tongues and interpretation at church today. It's not my favorite thing. <laughs> it's not like I, like, I don't like speaking in tongues in, in public in front of people. I'm a little, it's like, I, it seems a little weird to me. Right, but how many know it's not about my feelings? It's about obeying what God tells me to do. Right, right. I don't care if I look like a weirdo. I want to be approved by God. Right, and if He tells me I'm supposed to do something, I want to do it. Yes. Amen, somebody. Yes. So I just do it. You just do what He tells you. That's that's the whole Christian life. That's how you be a disciple. Just do what He tells you. Just keep obeying. <laughs> so here's what we see here in um, Acts chapter 16, verse eight. So instead, they went through Mysia to the seaport of Troas. That night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. Passing the baton to the Macedonians, right? to Lydia, to the Philippian jailer, to their family, to the Christians in Macedonia. Passing of a baton. This same gospel I heard, now you receive it. And those who took it, they received it with gladness and with joy. Like, wow, my sins are forgiven. God loves me. I get to have a friendship with God. That's amazing, right? And it came because of a dream that he had, a calling to go somewhere and do something. 
Don't, don't ignore those nudges from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will give you a nudge. The Holy Spirit will, will tap you on the shoulder or give you a, or kick you in the ribs a little bit and go, hey, hey, ooh, come on, keep your eyes open. I'm about to do something here. Stop for a second. Pay attention. Pay attention to those little, those little hunches that you get, those little nudges that you get often, not always, but oftentimes. The Lord, the Lord is telling you something. Listen to the Holy Spirit. And you know, half the time, even if it's not the Lord, it's probably something good, right? My wife tells this story, and Kim, I don't mean to embarrass you, but she, she at one point, she, was, she felt this nudge that she was supposed to give groceries to a person. And it was a person that maybe she wasn't getting along with so well or didn't know very well. But she said, I'm just going to buy the groceries and put it on her doorstep. Do you remember this, Kim? It's in Grand Junction. And it was like, oh, I don't want to do this. It's embarrassing. What if I'm wrong? What if God doesn't want me to do this? Well, what have you lost just by obeying the nudge? Uh, you gave free groceries to somebody? Who cares? Who cares if you're wrong on that one? It's nice, right? It never hurts to be nice. And most of the time when God's giving you a hunch to do something, it's going to be for righteousness, joy, and peace of the Holy Spirit. It's going to be something good. It's not going to be something evil. God's not going to say, go, go punch that person in the face. He's never going to say that, right? He's going to say, go do an act of kindness. Go tell them about my son. Confront this person about their sin. Do whatever he's telling you to do, right? Ooh, ooh but we're like, oh, but what if I'm wrong? Ah, try it anyway. Who knows? It just might be God. It just might be God. And what if it is? Wouldn't that be something? God used you to pass the baton to someone else. Whoa, amazing, right? That's how a church gets started. That's how a church grows. That Lydia and the Philippian jailer and all the people in, in that part of Macedonia are coming to Christ and being discipled and they're reading the letters from Paul and going, wow, I had no idea that I could be a friend with God. I had no idea that God loved me that much, that he would take the time to come down and get to know little old me, right? And he's still doing that today. He's blowing our minds today. So Paul continues in the ministry. He preaches into, goes into Thessalonica. And this is another Greek city. Thessalonica, here's what it says in uh, Acts chapter 17. Paul and Silas traveled through the towns of Amphipolis and Apollonia and came to Thessalonica where there was a Jewish synagogue. And this was, this was Paul's move most of the time. He'd go to a big Greek city, he'd try to find the Jewish community first, right? Try to find a synagogue first, because at least they are interested about what's happening in Jerusalem. Go, have you heard of the rabbi Jesus? Have you heard about what's been happening in Jerusalem lately? And he began from Sabbath to Sabbath to begin to teach them about Isaiah and how Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament prophecies and how Messiah has come. And many would believe, many wouldn't believe, but those who did believe often would become Christians. And then of course, then he'd go into the marketplace and he'd begin to tell the Gentiles, hey, there's a savior who's not just for the Jews, but he's for everyone. And he's not a carved God somewhere. He's not this invisible image somewhere. He's a living God and he wants to come inside of you and dwell inside your heart and in your mind and have a relationship with you. He has his Holy Spirit and dwells the hearts of believers. 
And so Gentiles and Jews are all becoming Christians and he's planting these churches throughout the Mediterranean. And as they're in Thessalonica, as Paul was, was his custom, he goes to the synagogue service. And for three Sabbaths in a row, he used the scriptures to reason with the people as he explained the prophecies and proved that the Messiah must suffer and rise from the dead. And he said, this Jesus I'm telling you about is the Messiah. Some of the Jews who listened were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas along with many God-fearing God Greeks and Greek men who, uh, and quite a few other prominent women of the town. There's a particular man named Jason who opened his home to Paul and Silas and allowed them to stay there. And um, so Jason, has, they come into a place where they get in trouble with the law again. Because <laughs> they're like, oh no, these, these Jewish Christians, they're stirring it up. And uh, Paul and Silas had left, but they decide to arrest Jason, right? Um, but they keep on preaching the gospel. The church continues to flourish, to flourish. You know that Christianity thrives under persecution. You understand that? The more you persecute a church, the more it grows. <laughs> it's weird how that works. The more the devil fights against you, the more the, the work of God in, in you begins to, to prevail and to thrive, right? He's like, hey, what's so bad about Jesus? Hey, what's so bad about the Bible? Hey, what's so bad about us gathering in person to worship God? Hey, what's the big deal? Why can't I sing again? Why can't I tell people about the Lord? Wait, 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 wait. I can go to the grocery store but I can't go and sing Amazing Grace at church? Hmm, <laughs> why not? Right? There's something weird about your rules. It seems like you're against something that I believe in. Well, this is not a new story. This story's been happening for millennia now. It's been going on for 2,000 years or so, right? That the kingdom of this world is always opposed to the things of God. But that doesn't stop God. And it doesn't stop us, his people, right? The baton gets passed. It gets passed to, to Jason, to the Greeks, to those in Thessalonica, and to those in Athens. Who wants the next baton? I'm gonna pass it. Here we go. Here we go. You're Jason in Thessalonica and Berea, all right? One thing I wanna highlight is about the Bereans in this chapter. The Jewish people in, in Berea were known for they're like they were like the people from Missouri, the show me state, you know. I don't believe you, you gotta show me. That that's how who the Bereans were. They were the show me state Jews of Thessal of, of Macedonia. It says that very night the believers of Paul and Silas went to Berea, they arrived there and they went to the Jewish synagogue. And the people of Berea were more open minded than those of Thessalonica, and they listened eagerly to Paul's message. They searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. And as a result, many Jews believed, and as did many of the prominent Greeks, women, and men. You notice the theme? Many Jews believe, and they preach the gospel to the Gentiles. The church is born, and he passes the baton, and he goes to another town, and he does it all over again. That's that's, re that's spiritual reproduction. It's healthy reproduction. Church planting is what we call it in Christianity. God raises up a leader. He sends them to a place. They build a congregation. They, they make converts to Christ and they put them into a spiritual family. And that leader goes and he does it again. And he does it again and he does it again. Or he raises up Timothys who go and do it. Right? Powerful stuff. And then Paul preaches in Athens, which was really the center of, 
of the thinking world at the time. Athens, if you want to think about Athens in the ancient world, Athens to America is like what Silicon Valley is to us. All the brightest and smartest people are in Silicon Valley. They're the computer programmers, they're the culture shapers, they're running Google, they're running Facebook, they're running all the, the programs, they're writing new software, they're building the computers, they're doing all the stuff there. They are setting the direction of where civilization is going. That's what Athens was, for, for good and evil, right? They had idol worship, they had Epicureanism, this is, this is how they were inventing new dishes and food, right? They had Stoics, who were basically philosophers, who would just, they would spend all of their time learning. They would just think learning and learning math and science and logic and reasoning and I don't even need to eat. Right, that was a Stoic. And the Epicurean is like, hey, let's have some fun. Hey, pour the wine, make me a, a sandwich. But, you know, it's like crazy. You have all these different kinds of people living in Athens. And Paul is walking through the Parthenon. He's seeing their giant temple to all kinds of Greek gods. And he makes this statement as they're all gathered in the, in the court of the Parthenon. So Paul is standing there in the council and he addresses them as follows. He says, men of, the, men of Athens, in fact, uh, Max, you can put this on the screen. Acts chapter 17, verses 22 through 25. 17, 22 through 25. So Paul, standing before the council, addressed them as follows. Men of Athens, I notice that you're very religious in every way. For I, as I was walking along, I saw your many shrines. Like, ooh, hey, we have it on the screen. Nice. And one of your altars had this inscription on it. To an unknown God. This God whom you worship without knowing is the one that I'm telling you about. He is the one who made the world and everything in it. Since he is Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples and human hands can't serve his needs, for he has no, next slide, Max, he has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything. He satisfies every need. He's saying, man's idea of religion is wrong. God doesn't live in a building. God is not limited by your view and idea of who he is. He doesn't live in churches. He lives in your heart. He lives in your life. He encompasses everything about you. The Holy Spirit comes in and changes everything. He arranges, rearranges the furniture of your life. And he says, get this out of here. Oh, we're going to need to move this in. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Oh, that should never come in here. And he's like, he's like the heavenly... Uh, uh, interior designer. Right? He's going, oh, new curtains. Oh, I hate those. <laughs> oh, wash those windows. They're filthy. What, what is this doing in here? That's terrible. We need to burn that. Throw it away. No, no, don't give it to anyone. That would be a terrible gift. Right? He's, he's the spiritual interior designer. And he comes in to clean house. And that's what the, the process of a disciple is. Now, can you be a Christian with a messed up life? Of course you can. But does God want you to live that way the whole rest of your life? No. He wants to come in. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He comes in and he says, let's change this. No, no, no. <laughs> we don't talk like that anymore. Oh, that's the, old, that's the old thinking. That's your old dead man thinking. You live with a new 
owner now. You have the life of Christ, the mind of Christ living inside of you now. Now we think new thoughts. We say new things. We behave in a different way because our hearts been changed. Amen? Ooh, that's powerful stuff, isn't it? And if you take it in, it'll rearrange your whole life. It'll change how you spend your time and your talent, your treasure, your priorities will change. Everything that used to be important won't be important anymore. New things that you never thought were important will suddenly be important. Which brings me to Acts chapter 18. Paul meets Priscilla and Aquila in Corinth. He's continuing to travel through these Greek cities in the Mediterranean. He gets closer to Rome in this city called Corinth. And the Corinthians were very, that was a party town. That was like the, I don't know, that was like the ASU of Greece. You know, the Arizona State University, the party school of America. It was like the ASU of, of Greece. It was just crazy hedonism, uh, orgies and drinking and drugs and human trafficking, all the terrible things you could think of. All that was going on in Corinth at the time. And he's winning people to Christ in Corinth. Slaves, Jews, Gentiles, people of all strata, rich, poor, all, all the different kind of people are coming to Christ. And of course, he's written two books that we're going to study later this year in the book of First and Second Corinthians to the hedonistic lifestyle, to new Christians who have come out of hedonism. How do you live a, a life that's for God now? You don't live for your own pleasure anymore, but you live for the, great, for the goodness of God. Um, how do you get rid of your addictions? How do you get rid of your sins? He covers all of that in his letters to, to the Corinthians. But he's passing this baton to two very important people. This is a mixed, mixed race couple, Aquila and Priscilla. Now, Aquila was a Jew. But he married a, a, a Greek girl. <laughs> and most Jewish moms probably would not approve, but he did it anyway. And they were tent makers in Corinth. And so he passes the baton to Priscilla and Aquila. You notice that there's no limit to how many batons he could have passed. Right? All he was limited by was the amount of time that he had and the number of his days and where he went. And Aquila and Priscilla... They, they hear the gospel. They receive the gospel. They've had an exposure to the gospel, I believe, already. And there's a baptism of the Holy Spirit that we see happening here in Acts chapter 19. And, well, there was this man named Apollos uh, that they, they come to, that they, they know that he received this, this truth of the gospel of repentance, but he hadn't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So Aquila and Priscilla are listening to this man who had come from Alexandria, who was perhaps even black. He could have been even mixed race, black and Greek. We're not sure, but he came from Alexandria in Egypt. So he, he might have been like one of our Southern Baptist black preachers in America. He probably really could really preach. He knew how to preach. He could work them up into a frenzy, get the organ going, come on. Right, he's like had one of those kind of preachers, like you could really get them whipped up real good. Like, man, this guy could preach. Aquila and Priscilla are like, wow, this is amazing. They, they come up to him afterwards and go, have you, received, have you received the Holy Spirit? He goes, what's the Holy Spirit? He goes, well, I'm, I'm just preaching about John's baptism. I just know that, you know, return from your sins, believe in God. He goes, I think that you heard about that Jesus, you know, that's where the, how our sins get forgiven, but he didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. So here's what we're gonna read here in Acts chapter 19. Verse, Max, let's go, Acts chapter 19, verses 2 through 5. 
So Apollos was in Corinth. Paul traveled through the interior regions and reached Ephesus to the, on the coast where he found several believers. And Acts 19, verse 2, he says, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They asked him. No, they replied. We haven't heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience? He asked. And they replied, the baptism of John. Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin. But John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord. Next slide here. Max. Jesus, the Lord Jesus, right? This baptism comes by the spirit of Jesus. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. He strengthens our mortal bodies and helps us to live a supernatural life. This amazing gift is given to Apollos, to Aquila and Priscilla, to this early church, and it's given to the Ephesians as Paul ministers to the Christians in Ephesus. Who wants to be an Ephesian? Anybody want to be an Ephesian today? John is an Ephesian. There's our Ephesian. Thank God he's not a Corinthian. Whoa. He's more of the intellectual type. That's good. That's good. We're proud of you, Johnny. So there's a riot in Ephesus because they worship the goddess Diana or Artemis. The Greek goddess Artemis or Diana was the huntress. She was the goddess of war, the goddess of wisdom. And they stir up a lot of the Greeks at this time because them preaching the gospel means they're no longer going to be making sacrifices to, to Diana or Artemis anymore. They get very upset with Paul about this. Like, you are killing my business. All these people will no longer buy my jewelry of Diana or Artemis anymore. They're not going to give any, any temple coins anymore in the temple of Diana. Ooh, we don't like this, Paul. And of course, <laughs> it didn't change. The Ephesian Christians are like, hey, whoa, I don't have to go to the temple of Diana anymore. I just have my sins forgiven by believing in Christ. God's Holy Spirit lives inside of me, but not in some building somewhere. Yes, please. I'll sign up for that. I want Jesus. They pass the baton to the Ephesians. And then finally, I'll land it here in chapter 20. Paul goes through Macedonia into Greece. He, grow, he goes to the Trojans. He goes to Troas. You know, we've heard of the Trojan Wars. If you've seen the city of Troy, right? It's in this region. And he gives this final visit to Troas. And as Paul spoke on and on, a young man named Eutychus sitting in the window and sitting in the windowsill became very drowsy. Finally, he fell sound asleep and he dropped three stories to his death below. Boy, talk about it. You, you bore someone to death with your sermon? That actually happened to Eutychus. He got bored to death. Paul rushed down and bent over him and he took him into his arms. He said, don't worry, he said, he's alive. And they all went back upstairs and they shared the Lord's Supper and they ate together. And Paul continued talking with them uh, until dawn and then he left. And meanwhile, the young man was taken home alive and, and he, was, he was well and everyone was greatly relieved. And then Paul met the Ephesian elders in the local church. He passed the baton to the Ephesians. To the final baton, I think we could say, goes to us, right, today. 
that same gospel that was being preached to the Greeks and the Romans and the Jews and the, the Africans and all the people in the Mediterranean. Who wants the last baton of the sermon? Lori, I'll pass it to you. He's passing the baton to us. I, I almost played a clip of an Olympic epic fail. We will have epic fail videos. I was watching a, a, a relay race of of a certain country in our world running in the Olympics. And they had a terrible baton passing. Like, they dropped it first, and then the wrong girl picked it up. She had to hand it to the other girl who was supposed to hand it to her, but they missed the window when they were supposed to hand it off, so they went, they ran backwards to the spot where they were supposed to hand it off, and the girl dropped it a second time. How many know the race was over by then, right? So angry, right? <laughs> But God is asking us to take a hold of the gospel and run. Don't hesitate. Don't drop the baton. Don't overthink it. That's what happens oftentimes when, when athletes are doing something. They get ahead of themselves or they're not thinking straight or they're, they're trying to blame the circumstances or everybody else instead of just keeping it simple. Receive it with gladness. Run. Receive and run. Receive it and run. Who cares if you stumble or trip a little bit? Just keep on going. Don't overthink this, right? In many ways, the gospel, in many ways, we can we can pick apart the Bible and go, well, I disagree with this part, and I'm not sure I understand that completely, and I don't like this, or I'm not sure that that's really how it is, blah, blah, blah. Hey, hey, keep it simple. Don't overthink it. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. <laughs> Don't overthink this thing. <laughs> he loves you. Receive his love. Walk in his love. Ask for his help. And let him help you. It's so powerful. I'm passing the baton to you. And it's going to be your job to pass it on to someone else. That's how the kingdom moves forward. That's how the church of Jesus Christ continues. Well, maybe you've never even taken the first step. Maybe you've never started a relationship with God. You know, it's, it's people overcomplicate it. But it really just comes down to that simple truth that everyone, right, all have sinned. Like we studied in Romans Road, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's no one that's good enough for God on their own. None of us can perform our way into heaven and be received and accepted by God because we are such good little boys or girls. That's not how it works. And what's the price for our sin? What does it cost? Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. Through religion? No through paying a lot of money to charitable causes? No. The free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Simply receiving Christ. How do I do that? How do I make the exchange? Like, he's paid the price. How do I let him do it? How do I start the relationship? Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's with the heart that men believe. It's with the mouth that confession is made unto salvation. 
is not about religious performance. It's about simple believing faith. Saying yes, yes Jesus, I want you. Help me to live for you. Well, if you haven't done that before, I want to invite you to do it with us. Maybe you're in the room or maybe you're watching online one of our various streams. Church, would you pray this prayer of commitment to Christ for those who might be praying it for the first time, pray it out loud. Say, dear Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe that God raised you from the dead. According to the scriptures. Help me to walk with you. From this day forward. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yeah, let's give it a hand for the gospel and all the power. Yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to finish. I just, I just felt the sweet presence of the Holy Spirit in the room here today. It was awesome. I want to do one more song here today. I want to encourage you to, to create a space in your own home for this kind of atmosphere. You know, you don't have to come to church to come into God's presence. God's presence is wherever you, it could be in your truck, it could be in your garage, it could be in your backyard, it could be watching the sunrise or sunset here in Colorado. God, God is where we receive him, right? where we make space for him. And I want to sing this song called Holy Spirit, You Are Welcome Here, and that's, I think we'll be, that will be our benediction today.
go forth and serve the Lord in gladness, everyone. Have a good week. That's right. Johnny's got a new distortion that we're playing.